Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? You need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, my friends. Grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. I'm your host, Brenda Neckbottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new best practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the Best Practices in Human Resource podcast. This show is designed to help take the guesswork out of understanding the human resource component and push through the ambiguity of this changing landscape. I'm Brenda, your host and practicing HR consultant. I've seen a lot of different things done a lot of different ways, and I'm here to help you weed through that abyss of the human resource information network and help take out the stress of defining uh, your best practices. So who is this podcast for? Well, honestly, it's for anybody who's in a position of managing human capital in a small, micro, or even a growing business. Uh, There's a great deal of compliance that needs to be met, and having that information and the guidance to implement it month over month is going to be key to your success. If you're a returning listener, thank you so very much. Uh, for your continued support. I really am very, very grateful that you continue to join me in on this adventure. If this is your first time listening in, we've got uh, yet another awesome show that's going to help you move your HR objectives forward. So uh, today in the studio, we have Lola, the veteran uh, comfort dog, uh, who may chime in periodically, and uh, her bark is pretty beefy, so you're certainly going to know it when you hear it. And her assistant, Champ, the lovable wonder dog, who's literally curled up on my feet, keeping them nice and warm on an extremely cold day here in January. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to talk about, uh, today we got our hot topic. We're going to look at some employment law changes that are happening across the nation. And this episode, we're talking about, we're continuing our discussion on wellness programs. And so we're going to look at alternative wellness ideas for your employees. And we have two guests today. The first one we're going to talk to is Susan Martin. And the second guest we're going to talk to is uh, United States Navy SEAL Cade Courtley. Uh, Towards the end, we're going to look at uh, any announcements that we've got going on. And then we're going to offer free resources for you guys. Um, and then close it off with a quote of the episode for the day. But before we begin, I <clears throat> um, just want to make sure that people understand that the information available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any legal advice. You should contact your attorney t- to obtain legal advice with respects to any particular issue. If you do not have an employment attorney, please contact us and we will be able to help possibly refer one to you uh, through our affiliates program. So today's hot topic um, is stemming from something that's brewing in the courts. And um, I thought it was appropriate. Actually, it was just perfect timing, to be completely honest with you, uh, especially with the subject manner, uh, manner that subject matter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so early in the episode. And it's not happening already. Subject matter. Uh, that is taking place um, for the current month, and of course we're talking about wellness. Um, but really, our the hot topic for this month or this episode uh, stems around a case that's currently pending in the federal courts of appeals, basically to determine if morbid obesity will be an impairment under ADAAA, and that's American with Disabilities Act, and it's the Amendment Act of 2008. Um, it's actually a really interesting case certainly one to watch in 2019 Um, if it rules in favor this may very well be what we deem as a landmark case which basically means that if a landmark case that takes place sets the precedence for all other types of claims filed with this particular subject matter and and specifically Um, We'll get into a little bit of the details, but this one has a lot of backing to it from several organizations 
that are actually supporting the employee's claim of wrongful termination. So that's one part of it. Um, as they've basically each filed their own briefs in supporting of a ruling in favor of obesity to determine whether it can be an, an impairment. Um, the reason why this is in contention is because what's at the heart of the argument is to determine if obesity will be recognized as an impairment without any underlying physiological disorder, which is part of um, an ADA component, all right? It's part of the of ADA in making that determination. So previous cases in the federal appeals court and the district courts ruled that there needed to be an underlying disorder. However, in the Seventh Circuit Court, um, that is now being looked at differently. So that's where this case is, is lying right at the moment. That's where it's pending. So here's why it's important. At present, <clears throat> obesity has not been considered an impairment. However, with the increased population in the United States growing in obesity, this is one of the reasons why it's now being concerned now it's being considered so here's some statistics about <clears throat> how obesity actually impacts the workplace um, and according according to most recent behavioral risk factor surveillance systems or the brfss data adult obesity rates now exceed 35 percent in seven states 30 percent in 29 states and 25 percent in the 48 states, which is amazing. And this information comes from uh, statistics that were run back in 2017. So here we are <clears throat> a year later, um, and it's very likely that some of these numbers have gone up marginally, um, but we're all probably still playing in the same arena. West Virginia has the highest adult obesity rate ticking off at 38.1%, Colorado, has the lowest at 22.6 percent. So obesity is a national problem and it's becoming problematic for employers as well. So not only is it problematic for this particular case, um, but it, it impacts not just on the surface but in other different areas as well. So many of us know <clears throat> and are very aware that obesity is a leading cause for many health ailments such as diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, sleep apnea, mental illness, illness specifically um, clinical depression, some types of cancers, and then stroke. Um, <clears throat> obesity is one of the biggest drivers of preventable, preventable chronic diseases and healthcare costs in the United States. Current estimates for those costs, <laughs> it's a big number, range from $147 billion to nearly $210 billion per year. This right there is what impacts your costs in managing employee benefits as well. So here's how obesity currently impacts the employer in regards to workers' compensation alone. So we're looking at two different things and how it impacts it. Number one, logically <clears throat> and with inference, obviously it impacts medical benefits and it impacts utility uh, or utilization of the medical plan. The amount of money that comes through as far as, you know, the cost and expenditure, but then also um, utility and utilization is in correspondence to the amount of claims that are filed as well. So when we talk about utilization, we're also talking about claims as well. But obesity actually now also, or has in the past, we just haven't really heard too much about it in many circles. We hear really more about it on the employee benefit side, but I want to share with you how it impacts workers' compensation, which it's also pretty in impressive as well. So statistics are showing that work-related injuries of obese employees are 25% higher and compensation claims are filed twice as much. The cost of those medical claims are also seven times higher than employees at a healthy weight. Obese employees are also more likely to be absent averaging 10 times more days off for work injuries or illnesses. This is solely, solely on workers' compensation. This doesn't even cover just, you know, the regular medical benefits. So if you would like to follow this case, you can find it by searching for, you can just pull it up on Google, Richardson versus Chicago Transit Authority, NOS period, 
17-3508 and 18-2199. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with this case and how the landscape of ADAAA will change or will not change. So I'd like to thank our pals over at Jackson Lewis for publishing a really great article on this case. And if you'd like to read more, uh, visit jacksonlewis.com and you can find this article and many more uh, under their blog link. Okay, so let's look at some employment law changes and headlines across the nation. Um, over in Tennessee, the Sixth Circuit Court has ruled that the Tennessee cap on punitive damages is unconstitutional. So that is going to make some uh, change. That's going to be some changes coming up in how uh, Tennessee processes in the judicial system of that state uh, what is required and what is permissible for punitive damages moving forward. Uh, California, uh, their peace rate law is currently being held by the Court of Appeals, so um, not sure if there's going to be any more movement on that or not. Um, definitely keep an eye out for that if you're a, an employer that pays at the peace rate itself for compensation. Also in California, the DFEH has determined that companies who provide harassment prevention training in 2018 also need to offer it again in 2019. Uh, basically you're going to want to hit that reset button. It's a good idea to do harassment prevention training year over year. Um, part of the Magic 3 formula that I've talked about in the past when it comes to um, you know, adhering and upholding uh, to different policies and particularly with the um, the acceleration and with the you know the whole uh, me too movement um, not a bad idea just to make sure you get it done delaware <clears throat> uh, the court there's a court ruling that has determined that federal law does not preempt employee protections under the state medical marijuana law um, mar <laughs> marijuana law and medical marijuana law is we're going to see some continuous changes in those areas, not just in one or two states, but really uh, every state in the union is looking at how um, that is going to be making an impact. Um, also, something to keep on your radar for New York and California. Both states are starting to make a push for laws that are requiring additional or more employee leave time. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Nothing is determined right at the moment, but just keep an eye out for that. And then also uh, the state of Washington uh, looking to increase the salary requ uh, required for exempt status and make other changes at the state level to white collar exemptions. Now we've already got something uh, in the works at the federal level on this that we are just waiting for that to come through and, and you know when that determination is made then we'll definitely um, announce that. But basically what I want to share with you, um, just kind of like a quick insert here, this is actually what we refer to as patchwork law. So if you ever hear that, <clears throat> and basically what it means is that it refers to the unique state laws that are currently in place on a particular topic. So let's use recreational marijuana as example. So basically not all states adhere to the same restrictions at the federal level, therefore creating, like if you could visualize it on a map, patches, right? You know. A couple of states will have this law in place, but majority of them don't. <clears throat> and so that really because of that, that change in the legal landscape in the U.S., basically the fabric of law. So if you want to use that as a metaphor, by all means. But it's one that definitely creates challenges, uh, particularly for employers that have employee difference in multiple states, uh, because you have to adhere to those state laws, um, with the exception of federal government, uh, federal government, or federal contractors or government contractors at the federal level. Is that they still need to adhere to what's at the federal level as well. So it's going to get a little dicey, but by us providing these types of legal announcements, we're, the goal is to make employers aware of the application of state patchwork impacting a specific legal stature. And, and this is nothing new. Um, we certainly saw it back in the 70s and 80s with some momentum around the legal drinking age uh, that differed from state to state. <clears throat> actually was at 18 and then some states were moving to 21 and then the federal government actually leveled the playing field in 1984 by passing the National Minimum Drinking Age Act. So it was reversed uh, of what we're seeing today. So instead of having some states doing one thing and other states not doing another and it was kind of like a little bit all over the place, uh, the uh, Drinking Age Act was uh, 
issued to standardize the legal limit where whereas patchwork offsets the number of states adhering to the same legal standard. Um, it can become quite tricky and in some cases kind of expensive for the employer so um, which is why we're bringing these changes into the show at a really high level uh, so that all of you who either own, operate, or serve in an HR capacity you can do your research and make adjustments if necessary and as always if you have questions you're welcome to reach out and set up a time to call and talk through some of these challenges. So today we're talking about alternative wellness ideas for your employees. Um, in this episode we're talking about continuing that support for wellness in the workplace and as January rolls on and resolution resolves are starting to dwindle and weaken um, what can employers do to help pave the way for that continuous wellness support throughout the year? Uh, one important aspect really is to have a good program right out of the gate. And in the last episode, we talked about how to make that happen. It's, this episode stemmed from you know doing a lot of reading as I was preparing and doing my research, uh, like I do when I go into these podcasts. I just I kept seeing the same thing over and over and over again. These are stale, you know, old. I call them old and stale. They're good ideas, but they've just been the same ones that you know I, countless articles have been written about, and it's the same thing that I hear time and time again when I'm doing any kind of research, and it's just over promoted. So if I'm hearing it, and I've been hearing it for a while, I know our employees are hearing the same thing over and over and over again, and you know what? It loses its sparkle over time. So. With this accelerated shift to incorporate alternative medicine, which a lot of people are starting to target, I wanted to bring forward some new and fresh ideas and awareness to different methods that companies can insert into company-offered wellness programs. So today, <clears throat> I'm going to share with you 12 fun new ideas. Um, one of the things that you can do is you can bring a chef come in and teach uh, a healthy cooking recipe. So you can actually have a subject matter expert like a chef come on in and do you know some cooking classes and things that would make you know the attention to wellness you know a lot more fun. People like trying new foods. There's a lot of foodies out there so why not why not do it in a healthy way. Um, you can also publish a workplace wellness newsletter. I know some companies have an, a, a newsletter. You can incorporate wellness into that for sure but there are actually companies out there who publish this as a subscription for the organization and allows you to take the content and distribute it to your employees. Um, <clears throat> if you ever go to any of the HR trade shows, particularly um, the SHRM National Convention, uh, this year it will be taking place over in Las Vegas, there are vendors that actually promote this so it's they can have it in print form you can do it in email form um, but you know definitely if you're going to those keep your eyes out for those guys because they are out there I've seen them several times actually um, you can create a healthy office cookbook uh, this, who doesn't have a lot of cookbooks right who, who doesn't need one more so um, you know it's something that actually everybody can pitch in and collaborate with um, here's a, a fun thing. I've actually been a participant of this with a prior employer, but host an employee field day. Have some form of outdoor getting outside, out, you know, have fun with it. You know, we had a tent. We actually, we had a dunking tank. So um, somebody, a couple of people were lucky to th pitch the ball and, and dunk the CEO, which was a lot of fun. I'm not suggesting go running to your CEO and <laughs> saying, hey, we need to get a dunk tank. Um, and Brenda said so. That's that's not it at all. Um, but stuff like that, you know, planning a, a day when, you know, the weather starts churning and it's nicer out and you can get people outside, it really does do <clears throat> quite a bit of boost for the, for the morale. Another thing that you can do too is actually subsidize wearable activity trackers. Um, it's something that you can do to, you know, incentivize your employees to stay more active. Also, and I love this one, this out of everything that um, I discovered and some of these things I've heard about, I really like this one the best because there's nothing like getting enough sleep. Nobody's doing it anymore and it it adversely impacts your life. I, you know, I went from, you know, prior to starting best practices, you know, I was working a lot of hours and I also do a lot of volunteer work in, in the veteran community as well. So <clears throat> getting quality sleep was not happening for me. And so when I went to five hours to where I was controlling my schedule more and planning better sleep, um, 
it is a huge difference in my life. So have a seven hour sleep challenge. How many times a week can your employees get at least seven hours of sleep in a week? And I'm not talking about like naps on the weekend. I'm talking about overnight getting into several stages of REM sleep. That actually, I love that idea. Um, have healthy cooking contests. You know, you can have a chili cook-off, but have parameters around it. Um, it has to be like turkey chili or, you know, whatever you can think of, right? Uh, do something to vegan. <laughs> you can do fun stuff like that, right? Um, have a spin-the-wheel opportunity for employees who reach milestones and then win an award. You can find these spin-wheels on Amazon.com. Um, I think they're actually in like a, like a whiteboard format and you can write in what they would get like they can get 10% off of something or other and they can get 30 minute you know additional break during the day for whatever so long as it's um, you know something that you guys can do but that's actually kind of fun um, another one that I really like as well um, and this is build a wellness, a wellness wall and what it is is that you can build like if you take a uh, find some way to make it like a magnetic board or <clears throat> put together a couple of bulletin boards that make it vertical um, employees submit information such as recipes articles just something that you know anybody can contribute to somebody something that somebody thinks that like hey you know I'm probably other people would really like to look at this have them send it to you you guys get a chance to review it and then post it on the wall for everyone to read and review um, having something visual something accessible something where employees see it on a regular basis um, drives engagement <clears throat> keeps your wellness program moving forward and then lastly you know what openly celebrate at meetings wellness accomplishments for employees particularly those that are currently doing something let's say for example if you're having a Fitbit contest or a walking contest or a step contest or like my favorite one the sleep contest right those challenges make make a deal make a big deal out of the people that are hitting their goals their landmarks those milestones it it really does influence additional participation within your program um, and those things will definitely get you some more mileage so like I mentioned earlier uh, today we're doing something a little bit different we're actually having not one but two guests on and I'm excited to introduce them to you so first off um, I would like to introduce Susan Martin. Uh, Susan is a graduate from William & Mary. She is a Navy wife and a teacher and fills her life with uh, really exciting hobbies. Uh, she's discovered Shakely when searching for solutions to tackle her allergies. After discovering keys to her success, she be actually became a, a Shakely representative and launched her business with the goal of helping others lead fabulous lives. For many people who may not have heard about Shakely, Shakely is a health and wellness company using environmentally sound products to increase health and wellness of the person, the family, the home, and the planet. And the methodology is backed with over really like 120 white papers supporting their products. And Shakely's goal is to create healthier lives. With us is Susan Martin, who's an independent consultant with Shakely and a subject matter expert in identifying best practices for your office and your home. All right, yeah. Susan, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Well, you're quite welcome. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. So let's kick this off. So how long have you been with Shakely? Shakely, Shakely. I know we we everyone in the world calls it different things, but we answer to anything. Okay, yes, good. it is. It is Shackley after Dr. Forrest C. Shackley who started it, and I have been with the company about fifteen or sixteen years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yes. So you've seen a lot of changes when it comes to dealing with different aspects of just individual wellness itself. Yes, yes. I think our culture is uh, becoming far more aware and far better educated, as to, and not taking everything uh, for granted. We are being uh, much more careful and uh, checking out things, whether it's nutrition or cleaning products or whatever. And that's, that's a very good thing. Unfortunately, it's a very necessary thing. Right. Nope. Completely understand. So one of the things that since you and I have been chatting, I really, so, you know, this episode is all about, you know, finding new and fresh alternative ways to bring uh -huh additives to a company's wellness program for their employees. Um, 
And it's just, you know, trying to go beyond what is, you know, what's currently out there. But one of the things is I really like the approach of providing information on how employees can make changes to their home environment. And that's something that, you know, companies can absolutely, you know, bring forward. So specifically, let's talk allergies because they're in the home out there that somebody doesn't have something that they're more than likely, you know, not allergic to or allergic to. So what kind of recommendations do you have for people with allergies? Like what can they do in the workplace first to help combat allergies? And then, you know, and then, you know, what are some of the other things that employers can do to help, you know, allow people to bring allergy management into the home, you know, using your product line? Well, there are many, many things, and they, they pretty much apply to both places. Uh, and this is actually what got me into Shackley because I was so cynical about it until I was proven wrong about everything all to my advantage. And in the home and in the workplace, when we clean, thinking we are doing the, the best thing, we are using so many products that are so toxic, and many of the ingredients in these products and a lot of our other common cleaning products those those are not allowed to be sold in Canada or the or Europe but we sell them in the US so we need to be very very aware that what we are using just common things i have a picture of a child's handwriting where the schoolroom was cleaned and the handwriting looks like a severely uh, learning disabled child then they take the cleaners away and the same child writes very clearly and legibly very neatly much better than i do and then they Again, reintroduce the typical cleaners that we use in our homes or offices. And again, the child's handwriting is extremely disoriented and worrisome. And having had a learning disabled child, I can see where so many children can be labeled that way who perhaps aren't. So in the home, we need to be aware and in the office, things as simple as what we clean with, what we um, wash our hands with, that uh, when you add heat to the ingredients of most hand-washing products, you are creating some toxic, very toxic substances. That's not good. Uh, dishwashing soap, electric dishwashing soap. If a child ingests even a few grains of that, it can cause severely toxic burns and even death. Not so if they happen to use Shackley products or, you know, there are some other truly green products out there. Um, what we clean the offices with, um, I have a school teacher friend who every she would not allow the cleaning crews to clean her rooms, and she cleaned with Shackley. After the students left the room, she would spray the rooms with Basic G, which is a germicide, and her children and she were seldom ever sick, whereas all the other teachers and the other students in the other classrooms were chronically sick with the usual things. So the office ailments, um, we can be chronically sick. Of course, we're in close headquarters. A good air freshener, um, a, you know, a good one is always good, even if you have one by your desk. You know, if you can control which products are used to clean your office, which is a bit of a battle. So that takes mm -hmm. a little bit of an education, you know. Yep. Because those are going to, those are, if in the larger companies, those are going to be contracted out and those are going to be, you know, commercial products yes. available. But um, yes. <clears throat> there are certain, there are certain things in the realm of HR that if, if a company is actually dealing with a fragrance sensitivity issue um, that, you know, they are encouraged, if they have to manage through that, one of the steps would be to actually yes. talk through the cleaning crew. But, um, you know, for small businesses, um, you know, that is certainly something that's very doable is to actually take a look at those commercially based products or those readily available based products that are, anybody can pull off the shelf, you know, those things uh, can be available and those can, right. can actually be reviewed. Right. And I'm glad you brought up fragrances because so often fragrances are masking uh, mm -hmm. very toxic things. And the incidences of, of asthma, again, workplace, home, you know, um, have has increased geometrically, just astronomically in just since I was a young woman and now later in life. Um, and that is caused by much of the cleaning products, many of the cleaning products that we use. It's, it's actually caused. It's not um, a genetic thing. There are some genetic cases, of course, of asthma, but a lot of them are, are environmentally caused. Our young people, our animals, so our fuzzy, our fuzzy babies and our human babies, their immune systems aren't as strong as our adult immune systems are. And they are closer to the ground. So when 
we use these cleaning products that aren't stellar and aren't green, then they are exposed geometrically more than we are because they're inhaling more of it closer to the ground. And our animal babies are walking across the floors and then licking their paws. And even little children mm -hmm. can put their, their feet in their mouth. We would that we were all that flexible now. So it, it's extremely important. And I knew, cause I had always rehabbed wild animals. The little critter fell out of a tree. I took care of it and the wildlife rehabbers would teach me what to do. They were inundated, couldn't take the animals for a little while. And I knew that if I sprayed my house once with a room deodorizer, I would kill all my birds. So what is that doing to us long term? So it is crucial that one, we, we be educated and understand that just because it's here and it's in the store, it's not necessarily good. There is, I love this. This is not put out by Shackley. It's an environmental EWG, environmentalwatchgroup.org slash cleaners dot hall of shame. Um, this was done in 2012 and they take, they explain why um, products are toxic and which products are not allowed to be sold in Europe and Canada, but they're sold here and all the ramifications of the different ingredients many, many of the products, and they do list the individual products and what's bad about them and what they can cause, hormonal changes, cancer, and so forth. Asthma, a lot of the room sprays uh, create asthma, and uh, several of these products are products that have been uh, advertised as green. Mm -hmm. I, like, uh, I like the idea of bringing in an environmental specialist like yourself. However, at the end of the day, you know, every consumer needs to do their due diligence and to do their due home and, and to do their homework. Um, you know, what other kind of fresh ideas um, that would you have, like, for example, bringing somebody in like yourself um, that can actually, you know, help people understand and, you know, things that they can do in the environment. I mean, it just happens that you're, you know, a distributor, but somebody that can come in and actually consult and, and put in, what are the kind of really, you know, kind of unique ideas can an employer put out there, um, you know, using your knowledge of environmental care for their employees? Well, I think the, the first thing, of course, is being open-minded uh, and willing to listen to other ideas. And I, I hate to, the word educated because it sounds a bit snobby, but, you know, get educated <laughs> on, you know, just like this environmental watch group about good things we want to be doing. And um, having perhaps lunch and learn seminars with the workers there. Uh, I mentioned it, a good air freshener system. Um, truly understanding what products their cleaning companies use when they clean. So there are, um, I, I think it, it, it all goes back to education and mm -hmm. understanding and not taking everything for granted. Jacques Cousteau used all Shackley cleaning products on his boats and nutrients, but he understood. And, and that was just us a little microcosm of what we're mm -hmm. doing. Everything on a boat goes back into the environment. Well, everything does affect everything else. So it goes back to education and perhaps little steps at a time. Right. Um, starting with education, starting with, you know, making people aware, um, of course, the air filters in the place, making sure they're cleaned mm -hmm. and, you yep. know, changed frequently. Right. Yeah. So, so, so what are some of the success stories that you've seen uh, by people making changes in their wellness by addressing, um, you know, changes in their, either their work environment or their home environment? Well, I, I just, I was on quite a few medications before I got onto Shackley. And as I said, what got me into it was the environmentally safe cleaning products. I had migraines and my own shots for migraines. And within mm. three months of using the Shackley products, including the cleaning products, my migraines were gone. I no longer needed to carry my own shots. I no longer needed to keep medication with me when I was whitewater rafting or scuba diving. You know, this, that really goes well in your, your scuba bag. But I have personally known people. I like the stories where I personally have heard them talk or know them. And one of them is a grandmother who lives in this area. And her little grandson, a little baby, nine months old, 
uh, had horrible, horrible eczema, just horrible. So much so that she could barely stand to touch him. I mean, it was that awful. And the doctors were giving them all kinds of medications and all kinds of things and nothing would heal. And she kept talking mm -hmm. to her daughter about giving, you know, using the uh, safe cleaning products through Shackley and the daughter didn't want to because like me, it, originally, she didn't believe that, you know, she just thought it was a bunch of hooey. And then finally, the situation got so bad that the, the, the mother of the baby did use the, the, um, the laundry soaps. Uh, our skin is 90% of our body and the, you are absorbing everything you use for laundry through your skin. So the child's eczema cleared up completely. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you again coming aboard. And for those that are interested in getting a hold of Susan, they can go ahead and reach out to her via email at mermaid4 at coxcox.net. Again, that's mermaid4 at coxcox.net. Um, you can also learn more about uh, Shakely products uh, by following, uh, you can go to their website, which um, I looked on it today and it was uh, up for renovation. So I think it's coming back online this week. But um, you can follow them on Instagram at Shackley HQ, S-H-A-K-L-E-E-H-Q. Uh, same thing with Facebook, uh, same tagline. And um, I really appreciate everything and uh, all for your time today. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Have a good day, y'all. <laughs> Our next guest is a very special person, uh, somebody I've known for a little while. Um, I'd like to uh, introduce Cade Courtley. Uh, Cade uh, was born in Columbus, Ohio and raised in Boulder, Colorado, where he spent much of his early life in the outdoors. He graduated from the University of San Diego with an honors degree in business administration and was commissioned uh, as ROTC into the United States Navy as an ensign. A standout from the beginning of his military career as a naval officer, Courtley was the class leader of his BUDS class, which stands for Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. After 19 months, uh, two, week, two hell weeks, a broken leg, a broken right leg twice, a fractured skull, uh, Lieutenant Courtley graduated proudly with Class 202 and became a Navy SEAL. He was then one of only a handful of officers chosen to attend the Elite SEAL Sniper School, which is really a privilege given to only a select few. During his nine years of active duty, Courtley went on to lead highly classified, high-risk operations around the world as an assistant platoon commander, SEAL Team 2, and later platoon commander of SEAL Team 1. As the senior SEAL instructor with Naval Special Warfare Center, he realized his operational or shooter life was nearing an end and began to make that transition to a second career in the civilian life. Opportunity came knocking when he received a phone call to participate in Mark Burnett's combat missions. His new career landed him in Hollywood, where he made several more television and film appearances, worked as a technical advisor, stuntman, and wrote and produced a screenplay. Having not quite gotten it out of his system, per se, Courtley decided to return to his former high-risk profession with several tours to Iraq and Afghanistan, working as a security contractor for a government agency. His strong background in military special operations and survival expertise made him the obvious choice to host and produce original TV series Surviving Disasters, as well as America Unplugged. Author was then added to Courtley's list of accomplishments when the folks at Simon & Schuster decided to publish SEAL Survival Guide, A Navy SEAL Secrets to Surviving Any Disaster in 2012. In addition to regular appearances as a contributor on Fox News and CNN, Kate is currently flexing his entrepreneurial muscles as the founder and CEO of two companies, SEAL Survival LLC and VictoryCoffees.com. In 2017, Cade faced the Shark Tank panel as a contestant pitching his award-winning veteran-owned coffee business, Victory Coffees. It is with great excitement and a big honor to introduce to you Cade Courtley. So, hi. Welcome. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. And you? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is excellent. It's good to talk to you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. All right. So 
as you know, this episode is all surrounding, you know, building and supporting a wellness program. And one of the things that wellness also includes is a little bit of employee engagement as well. And who honestly couldn't like a really good cup of coffee? So uh, I wanted to thank you for coming because I wanted to talk to you about some aspects of it. But first, before I do that, can you do me a favor? How did you go from being a U.S. Navy SEAL into the coffee business? Um. As a SEAL, as you know, um, they don't send us to Club Med when we have to <laughs> no, work. not at all. Going to some of the nastiest places in the world. And so right. when you're in something like that, honestly, um, especially with an op tempo where you're going out every night or you're working every day, um, you crave a little piece of normalcy or a little piece of home is what I used to say. And so my little routine when I was overseas is – I would French press a really good cup of coffee and then just kind of step away somewhere on my own for about half an hour and enjoy my coffee and not think about what we just did the night before, what we're getting ready to do the night. That was my 30 minutes uh, for better, you know, for lack of a better term, that was sort of my meditation time. Mm-hmm. It was meditation with a really good cup of coffee. And that reminded me of back home and a little sense of normalcy. So realizing how important that was to me and how important coffee in a combat zone is to anybody who's in that area, um, and I decided to start my own business and the type of business model I wanted to use, which was a recurring membership type of basically business model, I thought, what what better product than coffee? Not to mention the fact that 83% of Americans drink at least a cup of it. So it gives you a really good opportunity to get a lot of customers. Right. And that's kind of why I went from SEAL teams to Victory Coffees. So how is, how is Victory Coffee different than most vendor-based coffee programs then? Um, well, several reasons. First of which, um, we won the prestigious Roaster of the Year Award. Oh, congratulations. We that to one roaster once a year and we are of roaster of the year. So that's basically like winning an Oscar, uh, in the coffee business. So the quality, you know, is, is undeniable. Um, in the almost four years we've been in business, I have never received a complaint via email or through our customer service saying, you know what, we're going to quit being members of victory coffees because we just don't like the coffee. Yes. that's pretty that's, good. That's a pretty good run because you always find somebody's going to complain about something. Nobody, nobody ever complains about the quality. So that's well, number. That's one. awesome. But uh, number two, we're a veteran-owned company, obviously, uh, with the time mm-hmm. I served and veteran-operated. And I think there's still folks out there that find that that's important to them too. Um, they still think that um, somebody who served, who is now doing something in the civilian world. They want to help support a company like that. And that's what Victory Coffees is. We are patriotic. You can see it in our branding. You can see it in how we named our different our, our dark roast is Leatherneck, our medium roast is Sailor, our espresso roast is Admiral. I mean, our branding is basically um, it looks like Rosie the Riveter, so it kind of harkens back to a time uh, when everybody in America cared about America, not just 50%, yeah. unfortunately, like we're dealing with today. So, um, what does it tell you if I tell you that I drink your airborne, <laughs> your airman? <laughs> I drink your happens, airman. <laughs> our, our airman, which happens to be our decaf. Sorry, decaf, right? Some somebody had to be decaf. And I know, it. right? Yeah, I've, trust me, I've, I've heard from some of my airports. <laughs> I'm sure you have. There are folks out there that uh, can't have caffeine, caffeine, but still want a really flavorful cup of coffee. And as you can probably attest, yes, it doesn't have caffeine in it, but it is a great cup of coffee. And so, yeah, that's our decaf. (laughs) We also offer, obviously. And uh, to all my Air Force brothers and sisters out there, don't take it personally, but somebody had decaf. We love you. That's right. We all love you, right? Awesome. So I was actually reading an article on a recent study that was conducted by the Mayo Clinic citing um, some of coffee's health benefits, such as mm-hmm. like protection against Parkinson's disease, type 2 diabetes, liver disease, as well as uh, liver cancer. Um, 
there are, you know, of course, some other cautions that consumers definitely need to be mindful of, and, and part of that is the quality of the coffee they purchase as well as how it's grown and processed or roasted. Could you please tell us more, share with us more about how uh, the coffee and the process you use to source your beans? Like, how do you go about doing that? So um, when I decided to get in this business, I decided to partner up with uh, a family. Um, he <clears throat> founder was a former Marine. And they've been in the coffee business for about 22 years at that time. Oh, wow. And they, they had established amazing relationships for sourcing from small and medium-sized farms in, in Central and South America, which is great because you're helping. I mean, at the same time, they were starting a small business and have become very successful. They were supporting which, what were basically small businesses in Central and South America. And the great thing about sourcing from a small to medium-sized farm is you're getting that quality of a bean. Okay, mm -hmm. it's it, it's that it's not the mass-farmed, mass-produced, low-quality stuff. It is really, really high-quality green coffee bean that we start with, and then the way we roast it is the reason why we again we're the recipient of uh, Roaster of the Year. I mean, we're dealing with. Beans that uh, aren't uh, they farmer uh, farms that aren't using pesticides mm -hmm. and aren't using you know the mass production uh, style of farming and and so we go right to the source and we get the very best we can and then we take it and we don't let it sit in a warehouse for a year again like those folks at Seattle do where you start having issues with freshness mold yeah I was just going to ask you about that mildew oh by yeah. the way, it came from a gigantic farm or these pesticides. So think about all those elements. If you mm -hmm. decide to park your car and go into one of those places, uh, not to mention it tastes like a cup of acid, um, and you're putting that into your body, and some folks are doing that multiple times a day. Yeah. Or you can have ours delivered to your door, and you know you're getting an amazing product from an amazing healthy source, and you talked about many of the physical benefits yep. of coffee. I mean, let's talk about the mental benefit of coffee. <laughs> if uh, if I don't know nobody's going to want to be around me, and my productivity is not going to be where it needs to be to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, you know, first thing I do, I get up in the morning, brush my teeth, go downstairs. I let the dogs out, right? And then as they're out doing their thing, I'm brewing a cup of coffee because as soon as they get in, I get them fed, and then I sit down, and I just enjoy that one moment. I mean, yeah. coffee's very social, but, you know, as well, and that's a lot of fun, but it's, oh, my gosh, it's just. But it's, oh. it's on your time in right. your environment. Right. Brewed the way you want to, and right. that's kind of one of the big messages I'm trying to get out to the folks who are in this, okay, I'll rush to work. Hopefully, I'll have enough time to park my car, wait in line. They'll probably misspell my name, and it just isn't <laughs> going to taste very good. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to get folks to change this behavioral habit. And, hey, yeah. why not do it at home? You are going to know, like I've already spoke of, about the quality. It's an extra 10 to 15 minutes you could spend with your dogs, your wife, your husband, yeah. your kids. Okay, we have these amazing on the website. We've got these amazing aluminum <laughs> double wall insulated 20 ounce to go cups. So even if you're in a hurry, you can pour it into that. What car doesn't have at least 12 cup holders nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> and drive to work sipping on award winning coffee that was delivered uh -huh. to your door. Yeah. So, no, it's. Yeah. I'm really, I, I would just, just try it. Try it for a month. And, and you realize. Wow, for the last how many years I've been going to that place, spending five times as much and putting this into my body? Yeah. I could have been doing this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah, it's, I, I love it. It's really awesome. So what kind of fresh ideas can employers use Victory Coffee for in supporting their wellness program? I am glad you asked that question. And <laughs> you will understand this yes. from a, not only an HR standpoint, but from being a small business owner. Yeah. I have a really good friend of mine I was hanging out with this weekend, and she was talking about the coffee at their workplace and how bad it is. And she works 
her space has about 50 employees. So do you know what those 50 employees do for 20 minutes a day, five days a week? They all get up and walk down about a block to the local coffee shop where they can get their coffee. So let's do the math. Mm -hmm. 50 days, 20 minutes a day, five days a week. That's over 83 man hours or working hours that that employer is not getting anything out of them other than the fact that they're leaving their work so they can get a cup of coffee that's okay. Do the numbers on that as far as how much 83 hours a week over a period of a year, how much money you're you're losing out on on employees doing their job that they're supposed to be doing for your company. And then you think about it and you say, you know what? Maybe we should have a little bit better coffee here because she told me, she goes, at my last job, they actually bought really good coffee and I didn't have to leave. I stayed there. And it's not only that, but your employees, what is Brenda rule number one of being a good leader or manager is take care of your people and your people, even the little things, if they see that you care enough to have quality coffee in the workplace, they're going to appreciate that. And that is direct result. As a direct result, you will see what you're getting out of those employees. They're not sneaking off for 20 minutes, five days a week. They're staying there. And by the way, oh, I guess our boss really cares about us enough to have good coffee in the good workplace. Good coffee. Yep. So Absolutely. Just doing the numbers. It yep. really makes sense. Yeah, it's a booster. Years ago, um, when I worked with the, a team, it was a, one of the Fortune 500 companies that I used to work for. Um, this is long before Victory came out and uh, before, long before you and I ever met. This is probably about 10 yeah, about 10, 11 years ago, um, I brought in several different types of flavored coffee. And we just like once a week did a, you know, had kind of like a caramel something or other and had a vanilla something or other. And, you know, I'd have stuff shipped over from Hawaii because nobody had that, you know, brought in Kona with some vanilla macadamia nut something or right. And they loved it. And it was, and it was just a lot of fun. It was just a real morale booster. But I got an, another question for you. Do you ever get um, anybody with suggestions for recipes on using coffee? Um, I do. I mean, people ask me a lot, hey, do you guys have flavored coffees? Right. And and I'm kind of a purist. And what I wanted to do was offer the very best coffee in an espresso, a dark, medium, light, and a decaf roast. Okay. Right. And let my members, my customers do what they want with it because – if you have 10 different coffee drinkers, they probably drink it or like it 10 different ways. So I just wanted to offer the very best as a baseline. And then from there, they could do what they want. You know, um, mm-hmm. what I personally do is in the morning when I wake up, I will brew up uh, a cup of coffee. Right now, I've really been into the espresso, maybe because it's colder outside and I want it even stronger. And espresso, <laughs> I, you, I mean, I just drink it as coffee, and that's what I recommend. You don't have to have an espresso machine to drink our espresso roast. So right. I'll do our Admiral Espresso, and then I'll put it – I've got one of those little bullet blenders, the high-speed blenders. So I'll put the coffee in there. I'll put a little almond milk in, and then I put a scoop of protein powder in, and that's my breakfast. And so I'm getting the calories, I'm obviously getting the caffeine, and then I'm off to the gym and just doing that as a meal replacement for my breakfast. Um, I've literally, since the holidays, I've shed about six pounds and probably about 4% body fat just since the holidays as that, as my breakfast meal replacement. And it's, like I said, it's everything you need. It's your caffeine, it's your calories because you need them in the morning. And uh, like I said, it, it, you know, it's, that's been my routine and, uh, and it works great for me. And I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. Is Victory Coffee available for employers to purchase for their employees? Yes, it is. And how do they do it? Now you can go to the website and here's what I'd recommend. Uh, go to the website and we offer what we call the Victory Squad. It's a sample pack. So it's mm-hmm. a smaller three ounce bag of each one of our coffees. And you can even have fun with this with your employees and be like, all right, I want you guys to vote on which one you like the best. Or each month you could try a different roast, uh, whatever. But once you've decided, then you hit the support or contact me button. Send us an email 
and we will send you our volume, our bulk discount pricing sheet. And so that's for folks who have 50 employees and it's more than just the, okay, this is just for me or just for my family. And you know, where we're only drinking a couple of cups. This is for my entire crew. This is for, for my, my, my troops. And uh, with that volume pricing, and like I talked about earlier, um, not losing out on 83, uh, you know, working hours a week because mm-hmm. people are going elsewhere. And I'll add one more thing to it. Somebody who normally will only drink one cup of coffee, if there's good coffee in the workplace, they might up that to two or three. And when you got somebody jacked up on caffeine, think about what you're getting <laughs> out of that employee each day, all right? I mean, there's just no denying it. You're getting a little bit more out of them, all right? <laughs> you so, apparently have not seen me high enough on caffeine. It's like somebody pulled a string in my back. Well, like, imagine, you imagine, shut them up. <laughs> imagine 50 people who stay there the entire work shift that are all jacked up on great caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> all right? Watch the return on investment on that, and it will just go boom. So uh, for those who uh, would like to go ahead and reach out to uh, Cade, ask questions, uh, look at the coffee. The website is uh, victorycoffees.com. Um, you can also uh, visit that website and check out. You can follow everything that's going on Victory Coffees with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. There's an e- you, know, you can go ahead and reach out. Uh, ask questions directly over there. Cade, thank you so very much. Hey, no problem. And one more thing. There are a lot of folks out there in a lot of workplaces that use K-Cups. Yes. have those too. And we are proud to say that we have the world's strongest K-Cups. So, yes, people <laughs> love the convenience of a K-Cup. But the biggest you know, feedback is, eh, it's weak. It's watery. Not ours. Now, yeah. try, try our soldier cups. And... Um, I back it up. I really do because we have crammed 12 ounces of espresso in every single cup. So uh, if if you don't do the conventional ground or whole bean, try our soldier cups. You'll love them. Just joy in a cup. Yes, it is. (laughs) We're saving lives. I'm telling you, Brenda, we're saving lives. I like it. It's (laughs) awesome. Thank you again so much. My pleasure. The practice of human resources doesn't have to be as arduous as it may appear. In the short time we've been together today, we've weeded through a few topics that make the landscape of human resources that moving target. We're here to help you define your gold standard in human capital management, help you solve complex problems that come with employment and managing your people, and help keep you in the know on current or developing changes in the employment landscape. I gave you a little bit of tea of a teaser for next month, and I've got an exciting announcement coming out, um, but we can't tell you just yet. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but just get excited to know that what we're gonna what we're gonna share is gonna make your life a little easier in the workplace. Also, I promised earlier in the show that we have a free resource for you, and before I get to that, we are continuing to provide you with the Strike Force Energy Drink bonus offering. Uh, we mentioned Strike Force Energy Drink in our last podcast, and being that this month is about wellness, we are going to give you an opportunity to save money while you kick the can to other sugar-based energy drinks in the marketplace. Strike Force Energy is a sugar-free no calorie healthier alternative to other energy drinks that are out on the market. You can choose from their individual packets or their pump bottles found in four flavors. Personally, I like grape and I love the slogan behind it, making America grape again. Gotta love it. Visit strikeforceenergy.com and enter the code AFLBRENDA4552. That's A is in alpha. F is in Foxtrot, L is in Lima, my name Brenda, 4552, to receive 20% off the retail price of Strikeforce. You can also find more information about Strikeforce on our affiliates page at bestpractices.work. Lastly, I know how confusing it is to keep track of all the compliance deadlines required in this field, and as well as how and when to find the time to engage in all the other proactive HR pieces and projects. I've created an HR calendar for 2019 that lists all the compliance deadlines to relieve the tension of having to figure these things out for yourself. The calendar includes mandatory filing dates, 
nationally recognized holidays, as well as a few best practice recommendations kind of sprinkled in. It's a bunch of compliance information consolidated onto one page. Print it, pin it up in your office, and use it as a tool to help you keep all of the parts and pieces of the HR puzzle connected. To download this free tool, visit the website at bestpractices.org and click on the link at the bottom of the page. Now we'd love to hear from you. So if you're struggling with a particular HR issue, reach out to us. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help you be successful. Okay, We like this stuff. Uh, best place to start is to jump up on the website. Um, definitely spend, uh, spend some time, schedule a call with us, or if you want, you can even request a needs analysis to identify strategic opportunities aligning with your business objectives. Now, you, you may not have anything significant to speak to us about, and scheduling a call or requesting a meeting is not necessary, but if you like what you heard today, and you know you need to stay up to date on important changes and continue to get advice on how to work with them, then visit us at bestpractices.org, click subscribe, and sign up today to have our best practices delivered to your inbox. Now before we leave, I want to leave you with the quote of the episode. And this is a really powerful one. I really liked it when I read it. In oneself lies the whole world. And if you know how to look and learn, the door is there and the key is in your hand. Nobody on earth can give you either the key or the door to open except yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you again soon.